Because Deep Boy didn't really understand English. Right. Second language. Second language. Third language. Third Banana! Language. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Banana! Part of the reason why we're watching this is that we got to watch Going Bananas last week. Yeah. And uh, an 80s film, which they changed the, the monkey's name to Bonzo uh, in honor of the first movie, which starred Ronald Reagan. And everyone mm-hmm. knows it for that. But no one really knows it was a sequel to Bonzo with the same director. So now we're watching it. Yeah, this is the exact same director. Now, look how they do Bonzo writing. They've obviously got some guy in a, like a monkey mitt. It's Freddy Cobra himself writing it. Now, this is sort of like a snapshot of the times. He says, who played the fiddle while Rome burned? And back in the 1954, I guess from school, everybody knew knew that was Nero. Right. We don't know that today. Well, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always been like, an, uh, Trump is tweeting while Rome burns, right? You make another <laughs> reference. <laughs> well, there's things that we would know today, of course, that someone in the 50s would not know, and I don't have yeah. an example for you. It's just one. the different cult. Yeah, like what? Who is it, Bob Ross? You mean the painter? It can't yeah. be something. No, <laughs> I'm saying like they knew ancient Greek. Uh, uh, they knew all the the myths of ancient Greece. They knew the history of ancient Rome. They understood the gods. It was just a different time in which they were taught different things in academia. That's all. Uh, 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 sure. Well, I mean, I guess we know the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe better as years gone by. Uh, okay. Like, for instance, we might know – um, a lot more about Harriet Tugman. And, you know, we just learn. we're detracting from this movie. The whole yeah. point of this is you ask uh, Bonzo any question and he can answer it. So the guy was like, who played the fiddle while Rome burned? Yeah, Bonzo yeah. wrote, nobody. And everyone goes, so you better pay up, mister. Everyone knows it was Nero. Um, and then he goes, Nero played the lute. And everyone laughed. Bonzo knows every answer to every question. Wait a minute. I was lied in history class. He didn't play the fiddle. He played the lute. <laughs> but no one could hear a lute up there. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to play like an electric lute. Oh, no, 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 no. You were thinking of uh, the mute. Nobody could hear the mute. <laughs> the mute yeah, I had my lute on mute. <laughs> Uh-oh. Jesus, is that another AA pamphlet? Get it away. <laughs> okay, right. we're meeting our bad guys right now. And our bad guys just said, look, why don't we make it a little more interesting? I'll bet you $250 he can't answer my question. What was Joe DiMaggio's batting average in 1947? So he gets it wrong by one point. Oh, so he has to pay up. Yeah. So Frank Nelson has to pay up. Uh, Actually, it's $275 because the original – 25 and he goes don't be so genius we know sports is in your strength he goes he goes bonzo's an american league fan i can't believe you would know this one right (laughs) so the bad guy goes cheer up genius we all make mistakes if we didn't we'd all remain bachelors and the crowd laughs that's a good line i'm using that in the act As soon as I have my act again. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, crowd work. Unlike you, I mean, I'm going out there, you know. I, I posted Scotty's twice, but yeah. you're like on hold. I am. I'm not even doing Zoom shows as much as I should. Because <laughs> you I'm could get doing... a computer virus. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't like looking at people now. Now, Frank I'm... Nelson is about to leave this film. I mean, this guy was good. He was did. He was all over TV. Yeah, Adam's was... family. He was on Jack Benny most of the time. He was a foil to Jack Benny. Flintstones, right. Mr. Magoo, the Jetsons, he was on it, it says. I bet you he was Spacely. By the way, Spacely did a fat, uh, suit. I bet you he was Spacely. Mr. Spacely. Mr. Spacely. Yes, yes, sir, Mr. Spacely, sir. Uh, yeah, but uh, I'm hearing his voice. Jetson, I'm so, I misunderstood you. Jetson, I, I have two figured tickets. Off. I have two tickets for my fair space lady, and apparently my wife can't make it. Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Spacely. Mr. Shut up, Jetson. Oh, Jetson, I want <laughs> you to go. You got to be right. So what happened is our bad guys had a fake sports book which, oh. with the wrong stats, okay? Which they showed. That right. They figured everything out. But they took... Yeah, they really kicked Bonzo's ass when they got to the trailer. So Bonzo is now running away from home, and he's going to get onto a banana truck. <laughs> what a coincidence. That shit's bananas. Uh-oh, uh -oh, football. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Haven't we already had, like, an animal playing football before? We had Francis the, the talking mule, right? I don't remember Francis the Talking Mule. I think he played football, Carl. Ah, football practice starts today at Paulton. Okay. And yeah, I read the paper. Yeah. And our coach um, is, um, he's Miracle in 34th Street. Here it is. Edwin Gwen. He's, he's Chris Kringle in Miracle in 34th Street. This guy with his pants hoist up to his belly button? Yeah. Old man pants. Old man pants is right. And that was a fine look back then. No, Old men did that. Old man got suspenders and stopped worrying about it. it. It came from the 30s. You see how his pants are way high, tucked into his boots? It's a 1930s look of a young, dashing gentleman. Who, like a fishmonger? Like, I'm going to go stick my, my boots in the in the stream and uh, noodle a fish? Uh, more like a pilot or anyone in, like, a smart uniform, which was modern, like uh, a Buck Rogers or, um, you know, a guy, yeah, doing a biplane. I already mentioned pilot. Right, they would have pilot. their pants high on, like, above the belly button, and their bottom of their pants tucked into their boots. And that was the style of the day. And so now those are old people. Look at That's him now. True. See, he's he's not like that at all. Liar. Now, so, we are learning that he is the father of his son here, the professor, and the, they're married to – he's married to another uh, professor, and that's Maureen O'Sullivan. They're the Drew family. Oh, wow. Tell the Drew. So uh, – and you – 
So what is the, the in the original movie? It was Ron Reagan, right? Yes. He was the teacher or something. He taught Bonzo. He was in the original movie, which I've never seen. It was an experiment, and he was a professor as well. And the experiment was. Can you raise a chimp like a baby, like a human being, and the chimp have morals? The chimp understand right from wrong. That's okay, what that I'm gonna save you. I'm going to save you your Netflix DVD with list. No, you cannot raise a monkey that way. Da, <laughs> da, da, the end. Here comes the sequel. Da, 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 da. This has nothing to do with the original film. And Bonzo was not a genius in the original, original film at all. Now, and this, yeah, okay, this is Nan. No, it's not. Yes, you ready? Sorry, no, and it's certainly not Nancy Drew. Look, they're having 50s. Ah, Betsy, yeah. this is Betsy Drew. She is the daughter, and she is the whole movie. She loves Bonzo, they're going to be great friends. And she's got a dilemma, she's the only girl on campus. This is a college. She has nobody to play with. Oh, well, good news. That monkey fell out of the truck. Right. You know how the monkey fell out of the truck? He was bouncing no. on the bed. <laughs> no, really? You should call yeah. the doctor. Well, what did the doctor say? <laughs> no more <laughs> monkeys jumping on the bed. Oh. We did that joke last time. I know. It was just so, I'm looking at my YouTube history and it shows that I watched Going Bananas and I'm like, I watched it several times. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, listen, thank you for doing the switcheroo last week. You gave me a oh, nice well, break and you did an excellent job. You really oh, knew your research. Kind, kind words indeed. Well, you had a, had a list of all these great movies and one of them we did was Morning After and I just figured yeah. I might do the next one. Terrific. You, you had picked the film. Now, I've done the research for this, and I want to tell you that the mom here is the mother of Mia Farrow. Weird. That's yeah, weird. That's right. So her mom was an actress? Who, who knew? Yeah, Maureen Sullivan, and she's best known for Tarzan films. Oh, I should have known that. Uh, Johnny Weissmuller, that era of film. She was Jane all the time. Huh. Oh, me Jane. <laughs> you, Jane. You, Tarzan. Okay, so he's sneaking, and she's he's sneaking. <laughs> now that's Beverly Hillbillies. That's Granny. Ugh. She is Nancy in this film, and she's the maid. Let's listen to her voice. <laughs> oh, I think I'm ahead of you now. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm at 1449. I'm at 1437. Darn it. Okay. We've got just about... Tell me, just tell me when you get to 15. Okay, go on. I'll, I'll continue. Okay. Okay, so now uh, Bonzo is getting out of the banana truck, and he has eaten all the bananas. <laughs> that's, man, that's one thing that these movies have taught us. Do not Eight, get the monkey. Nine, nine. 15. All did, right, I, did I mess yep. it up? Nope, we're all good. 15 minutes into this movie. Do not put, it's all stalks and peels. Do not put the monkey in the banana truck. That's one thing like going bananas and Bonzo goes to college has taught us. Now, you know, like when the when the Ramones came out with uh, Bonzo Goes to Pittsburgh, the yeah. song from the 80s, 
Yeah. I was like, oh, that's just the Ramones doing the alliteration bit. But I didn't realize it was actually based on an actual movie title. Oh, you didn't? Oh, you no. didn't know but Bedtime for Bonzo back in the day? I knew Bedtime for Bonzo. I didn't know there was a sequel that began with Bonzo Goes To. Ah, uh, I don't know if the Reagans did either. The Ramones. I mean, the I don't know if the Ramones did either. So yeah. just so that our audience knows, uh, the Ramones never did political stuff. This was one of the only times the Ramones were Jewish, and um, Reagan went to this um, – uh, it, it was a cemetery, and some of the people buried there were SS people. Now, in fairness to Reagan, and I don't know that I want to be fair to Reagan, but in fairness to Reagan, I think he just went to some cemetery. I didn't think right. he said to himself, I'm going to go where the SS – you know, why don't I salute Nazis? Come on, man. He didn't think that. But the – it offended people, and they got very, very upset. And the Ramones, they had a bully pulpit with their music, and they did make a song. Uh, yeah, one of their few political bit. songs. Yeah. Because Johnny was like a right-wing guy. He was like a Reaganite. And uh, Joey was kind of, I guess he was his counterpart, his New York liberal. Mm-hmm. So and it, was, it was Joey that wrote the song. Yeah. And Johnny just stepped away. Like Johnny did that a couple of times. Remember, like the KKK took my baby away. Oh right, that was because Johnny took Joey's girlfriend. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Believe it or not, the Clash were very influenced by the Ramones. There might not have been a Clash without the Ramones. The Clash were very serious, and the Ramones. Were yeah. Not. Okay, so I just want to explain. He gets out of the banana truck. He sees a cop, and for some reason, Bonzo thinks. Uh, you know, the cop might arrest him for some reason. I don't know. So he just goes into a random house and starts to unpack. Which so. just happened to have two beds. Well, you know, he is a carny folk, so you just probably assume. <laughs> now, we just saw on the TV a very famous millionaire who happens to be um, the mother, uh, the, the mother's father, the grandfather. Um, and... He just got back from Europe, and they were like, how did you find Europe, Mr. Gateson? And he goes, very European. <laughs> and Chris Kringle just just has to – I mean he's the not-rich right, right, grandfather, so he let's, just let's, – Let's back up. So Miracle of 34th Street was what, like 1937? 47, 47. So. 47, so it was just five years. Right, and everybody – well, this guy also did Lassie Come Home and um, – uh, Lassie, the other Lassie movie at the time, Challenge to Lassie in 49, so people I, knew him. Um, I thought he was very demanding in the movie Lassie Come Home. Yeah? Very demanding. Insisting? Yeah, very assisted. It was like, Lassie, come home. That's it, one note. <laughs> How dare you, Lassie? Okay, so remember that he was bringing the bicycle? That's his yeah. big surprise. Uh, for Betsy. So he goes, I have a surprise for you in your room. And she, of course, assumes it's Bonzo. Oh, not the bicycle. Right. She loves Bonzo. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. They will do it. Yes. But not they yet. Not yet. Oh, hey, you promised me no spoilers. Well, okay. But look, obviously, you got to 
handsome dude like that with a goatee. And there's going to be a romance, and they'll get to that part. It's very, it's believable. No. It's done subtly. It's romantic. It's I not disgusting. No, we're not going down that path. Okay, okay, fine. I, I didn't write the movie. I didn't write the Howard movie. the Duck. If Howard the Duck taught me anything, interspecies <laughs> love it does not work out. Careless apes. Now, do you remember Saturday Night Live during the 80s when Tim Kazerinsky was on I Married a Chimp? No, no. He had a running gag where it was Tim Kazerinsky on live television with a chimpanzee. Mm -hmm. And he would perform like kind of sitcom tropes with it, with the, with the chimpanzee. Well, and I he... guess that was the 80s when Saturday Night Live was like suddenly not popular, not doing well. Yeah, I missed right, that's it. Your... Oh, yeah, you were like, I'm not going to watch that. I, I got Friday night videos, and that's it. I'm done. <laughs> oh, yeah, I take Friday night videos, and I watch on Saturday. Now, watch their faces when they have the, – they see they're learning about the chimpanzee. Did you say a chimpanzee? Did you say bicycle? No, chimpanzee. Oh, but – all right, well, I hope you enjoy the – wait, did you say chimpanzee? By the way, they took down the chimpanzee bridge. Uh, I, yeah, I, uh, you can't drive across it anymore. It's the uh, Mario Cuomo bridge is there now. Replacing. Oh, yeah, no more of the chimpanzees. Oh, what a shame. Well, See, news. it's a bonzo. Well, that's not a bicycle. Let me just go through this again. Uh, and they let him in? How crazy is that, Carl? Now, Mia Farrow's mom is very like, don't touch it, he could be diseased, like very worried. Right, well, she, she knows from all those Tarzan movies. <laughs> but she, but, he, but very soon, she she will become affectionate to Bonzo, too. And The thing is, like, no, Bonzo is as smart as a human. It just doesn't make sense. It's just... And the fact Marino's, that he can play football, it's just ridiculous. Marino Sullivan's agent. Hello. Yeah, we got a role from Marino Sullivan. Great. She's tired of doing uh, Tarzan movies. What'd you get? Uh, it's a chip Z, but it's in like, you know, <laughs> sold. I'll let her know. They'll start Tuesday. Isn't there a Tarzan chimp, right? Yeah, there has to be. But he, he had a special chimp. name, and he was always a, it was a recurring character. Are we... <laughs> it was, it was, it was, um, I forget. I don't think I've seen this uh, Tarzan in a long time. I haven't seen this, the animated Tarzan. I haven't seen Greystoke. Greystoke, Greystoke. Well, that was the 80s. Tarzan, as you know, has come back in many, many, many times. It was a recent one with Samuel L. Jackson, wasn't there, or something like that? There was a oh, Tarzan. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it didn't do well, I guess. It was a big budget Tarzan, and it was kind of like rewriting Tarzan a little bit, just retconning it. And I, I, it had some celebrities in it, like some big names. It might not have been Samuel L. Jackson. It was just kind of like a big Hollywood movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I don't, I can't recall it. Now, when she found out that Frank Sinatra was going to marry uh, Mia Farrow, she and it's a famous remark. She goes. At his age, he should marry me. She had seven kids. Oh, shit. Yeah. Mia One of Farrow them was Prudence, seven. you know, from Dear Prudence song by the Beatles. How, how did that happen? How did it happen? Uh, she got screwed by Mr. Sullivan. 
That's how it happened. <laughs> oh, you mean Prudence? Around the time of the White Album, they were infatuated with a, a guru kind of guy. Um, I think he was called the Maharisha. I, and they went to a place in England, uh, and there were lots of lots of uh, tertiary famous people there. It was like a sort of uh, – the man had become popular, this Maharishi, and, and it was uh, – and, and she was one of them, and she essentially took a bunch of drugs, and she refused to come out of her room. Uh, oh. Mia Farrow was there, and all the people were trying to get her to come out of her room, and I don't know. He didn't do it then, but John Lennon eventually wrote a song called Dear Prudence, Won't You Come Out to Play, See the Brand New Day, The Sun Is Up, It's Beautiful, uh -huh. and So Are You. You know, that that's where the song came from from this real life experience from from uh, one of Marino Sullivan's children yes Prudence O'Sullivan now Carl as you know we live in a universe where the Beatles don't exist so you're gonna have to back up one oh, second really yeah who are the Beatles the Beatles are uh they were they're like insects they they have a roundish body six legs now, can you imagine if like you wake up and no one's heard of Bare Naked Ladies, and you're like, "Yeah, I'll pass." Yeah, that's right. We're <laughs> gonna be fine. I wish we. I really wish that they we could revisit that movie yesterday. I would do it so much better. Oh well, you know the story about that is that it's a famous author, but it, apparently they bought the story, uh -huh. and that the the guy's original script, the one that uh, William Curtis worked on, yeah, had a different ending, and just you know. I thought the ending of that movie was very beautiful, you know? Uh-huh, I thought so, here's too. A, here's a guy who is going to be a big celebrity in his mind, and he had the opportunity of using the world's greatest music, and the original script played it up more, but, you know, he's a loser in himself. He couldn't even, you know, hand the Beatles catalog going to be a success. Right. But, you know, but in, in the movie version, he becomes a success and then a failure, and then he realizes, well, you know what? I'm in love, and I have a family, and that's more important. Mm-hmm. That's and how he changed. Yeah. And he gets to meet John Lennon, Carl. Okay, the actor who they got for John Lennon, and I really need to go back and watch that film again, nailed it. His eyes were perfect. It really looked like John Lennon. It he really looked like Matthew Modine. <laughs> Okay, so what she wants to do, we're getting funny stuff. Like everyone goes in the elevator and there's a chimp, so they run away. And what she wants yeah, to he's do, gonna she, bite wants, his ankles. she wants to adopt Bonzo. Now, doesn't like, uh, doesn't the carny owner show up and wants Bonzo back? Well, that's the thing. They can, they continue to say, what if the event, real owner shows up? What if the real owner shows up? They drop that in Act One like four times. And you think that's what's going to happen. But right. in truth, what happens is the bad guys who stole $275 from Frank Nelson, they're the ones who show up. Oh, so Frank Nelson doesn't really show up and demand his monkey back. That's right. Even though they really set us up for that, and that makes sense. Is this so, a monkey movie where people say, give me back my monkey? Instead of my money? Well, no, remember we watched Going Bananas and the guy's like, that's my monkey. Who took <laughs> no. my monkey? No, that's no. my monkey, mister. We won't, we won't see that at all. All right. Stop saying banana. 
I have to go to sleep. Stop saying banana. Oh, you didn't say banana. Mr. Big Bad Joe, I insist I did not say bananas. <laughs> at breakfast with Chris Kringle, uh, Betsy says, I want to adopt him. Dad would have to be the adopter. And he goes, well, one day I'll talk to my good friend, Judge Stupid. And so she, on her own, goes to see Judge Stupid. It's Judge George Simpkins. This guy's name is Richard Garrick, and it's I'm sure it's impressive career, but I did not know what film they were talking about, so I didn't write anything down. Well, why does she need to talk to him? Like, get permission to get to like get to legally monkey? adopt? She's got to get the forms and they so we're the animal post. Well, the judge knows she cannot adopt an animal, but she also knows he's going to break this poor girl's heart, and so they like pretend. You'll see. All right. Here, we're in an irrelevant court, and, he, and he's talking about this guy who stole his wife, essentially. And then they call him to the, the guy to the stand. The guy, he's like, I don't know what she sees in him. Then they call him to the stand, and Bonzo shows up, and the judge is like, I don't know what he sees in she sees in him either. <laughs> Bonzo shows up for his own trial? No, it's a... They called somebody else to the stand, and Bonzo ran in. Look at him. He looks pretty good. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, Deep Roy really uh, Deep did Roy's part. not wearing the suit. What? And this monkey right here. And uh, this big baboon right here. Bonzo. 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 There you are. So we we missed a lot of hilarity with the judge, like, where did you find him from an orphanage? And he would go, no, but grandma, grandpa thinks he shimmied up the wind, came in through the window, you know, like stuff like that. It's creepy, though. Like nowadays, they'll be like, yeah, it sounds like a, uh, it's not your property and you need to return it. Well, I don't know. We just he just sort of dropped out of the sky. He obviously wants to stay with them. Wait, like Donnie Darko, like the jet engine? If the monkey fell out of the sky and they have twenty eight days and forty six hours before the world dies, and yeah, this is a parallel universe in which football, in which monkeys could play football. <laughs> Intelligent monkey, where nerds play football, basically. I'm glad that in the end they can't adopt them because that would make them brother and sister. So not as an only disgusting bestiality, but it's incestuous. It's incestual, yeah. So because they're not the doing it, yeah. And and don't forget, like, the dad's brother is like, well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. <laughs> we won't meet the dad's brother, but I'm sure that's exactly he's, he's, what he would be. He's literally a monkey's uncle. So they go to do the paperwork, and she lets them know that it, her last name is Drew. And he goes, "Are you the, you know, is is um, uh, Ted Drew your father, the football coach?" And you know, they find out. So now she he's oh, gonna the second plot point, right? Now they have to do paperwork because, as you know, it's called monkey business, not monkey friends. <laughs> well, this is. This is legal paperwork. It's really not business. Okay, so I want to tell you something about this Edwin Gwynn, this uh, Chris Kringle. It's something I just found impressive. In World War One, he got drafted into the British Army, and most of his time uh, was spent drawing supplies up to the front line while under fire. 
of course, everybody in World War World War One was pretty much under fire. Yeah, sure. He was so successful in this task that after a year as private, he received a steady stream of promotions until eventually becoming captain. So to go from private to captain is a lot of he must have really been brave. Uh, for so wait them. a minute. It goes it goes uh, private, rook, knight, bishop. <laughs> Bishop, queen, yeah, queen, and king. captain, and he captain, made it yeah. captain. Wow, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really know my chain of command that well. Well, you start. If uh, I can't think of a pun, keep it in check. I can't think of a pun. No, they're they're pushing the story along because they're saying, "Listen, buddy, I got a perfect guy for your football team. He's a chimpanzee." No, no, that'll come later. Right now, um, it's all about making Betsy a happy girl. You see, Betsy has a problem. She's got no playmates on the whole campus. There's no children there. Never mind that she has to go to a school somewhere. I don't get it. Uh, right. Oh, with, with children her age? Uh, yeah, that's what I don't understand. And she's got a tutor who comes over and helps her with her grades. I don't know. Huh. But anyway, the whole thing is like we got to keep her happy. And now she's got this perfect chimp as a playmate. She wants to adopt it so badly. Why don't we just pretend that it is possible? And, you know, will you play along, Judge? And Well, I, as Judge, I would say, well, there is the possibility of a monkey eating her face off. <laughs> this Bonzo would never do that. Bonzo would never. Hey, Bonzo's a monkey. Yeah, he's not a, Bonzo is not a pit bull. He's he's not, he's an animal. Yeah, I know, but it's this is a fake world in which yeah. Bonzo can read. He can he's going to take a college entrance exam and ace it. He you know he knows what Joe DiMaggio's batting average was in 1947. I, I mean, know. it's ridiculous. The only thing he doesn't know how to do is say banana. Listen, I gotta give it up to the crooks. They actually went to a book publishing house. Yeah, published a book on fake facts. Went to that the was carnival. something of the day. No, no, no. There was, there were, there were. That was you something mean, of the day. So let's let's uh let's cheat with the chicken at the carnival show, and we'll print up uh, our own book of information. And no, we'll they sold it. fake. It was a scam of the day. It was well. I don't get it. So you go into a bar and you say. I bet you $275, you don't know Joe DiMaggio's. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't just sports. There were lots of – you would go to a novelty shop and buy stuff like that. Now, look, they think – I mean, he's so smart, he can go and mail a letter. It's ridiculous. Well, he's sentient. He knows how to do these anthropomorphic things. That's right. Look at him walking. You now we get a is? funny thing where the uh, postman is like, huh? You know, oh. get that every now and again in the film. He didn't bite me in the ass. It's an animal first. So Guinness was like, we got to stop these like fake bar betting books. We'll have our own rule book. I don't know why it went away, but it did go away. But don't you think Guinness Book of World Records was trying to remedy that? No. They were purporting it. Look at this the guy. Guinness Book of World Records never did baseball stats book. I mean. This monkey's got to listen to the doctor and stop bouncing on the bed. No. Yeah, why does Betsy have two beds? Because she's married in the 50s. Well, look. Oh, oh no, no. Don't do it on 
Oh, don't hey, do it on. Oh. I've seen this before. This ah, is fun. inappropriate. Well, it's good, clean fun. Of course, it's a movie, so they have all the bubbles. Yeah, right. In real life, you'd be lucky if you get the bubbles still stay. Right. Um, I want you to know that Maureen O'Sullivan was uh, very famous for being in a day in the race, a day at the races with the Marx Brothers. Yeah, I like that one. They yeah. do a lot of black, they do blackface in it. They uh, there's like a, a beat up uh, neighborhood nearby the racetrack, and they they go and they sing and they dance. But other than really? that, movie, yeah, there's a, there's a bit where they're like half in blackface and half isn't. You know, and they kind of turn around. So what's happening here is the father's really mad, saying it's ridiculous to try to adopt them. It's not possible. It's just stupid, you know. Oh, and good. good for the dad to finally get a say. <laughs> so he goes, well, why don't you ascertain the facts, son? And he goes, that's just what I'll do. And he calls the judge. And it's one of the only really funny scenes in the movie. He's talking to the judge. And the judge says, yes, he can adopt him. And so he just hangs up on the judge in shock. Let me turn it up here. <laughs> okay. So we get the goofy music and he just hangs up the phone. He's like, huh? Click. I can't believe he's stunned. <laughs> He, he just agreed. He goes, if it's possible, I'll adopt the sucker. Well, I'll be a monkey's guardian. <laughs> well, I'll be a monkey's guardian. Good one. Uh, this guy's our Star Trek connection, by the way. He was okay. uh, Commodore Stalker in the Deadly Years, 1967. It was the second year of the season. And he's our Star Trek connection because there's always Very nice. Okay, here we have rich, rich, rich Clarence uh, Gaston. And he was also in Miracle in 34th Street as the judge. Here. Oh, so that famous scene where they bring in all that mail, both those guys. Right. Were in there. That was him. But what's cooler about him is it's June Lockhart's father. June Lockhart's father. Lassie and Lost in Space. Yeah. Yeah. And we did a movie with June Lockhart, right? She showed up later in, uh, in the 70s film. Right. And she was horrible in it. Uh, she was, it was the Martin Mull one. It was um, uh, Rented Lips. Rented, Rented Lips. Lips, yes. Which was fun, which was a great film to, uh, you know, okay. even if you don't watch it with us, the performance of um, Junior made it worth it. Okay, this guy, just because June Lockhart's around, this is the dad on Lost in Space. Weird. Yeah. Really? Dad in Lost in Space? I thought he was a lot older. I guess he's younger here. See, well, he, this is 1950s. Chimpanzees wearing suspenders like old man pants should be worn. Yeah, and look how high it is on his – yeah. it's at his tits. But it's more stylish. It's, it's beneath his boobs. It's just right at the boob line. <laughs> now, this is 1952. I mean, Lost in Space is more than 10 years away. Yeah. There's Beverly Hillbilly's woman. God, Granny. Have you ever tried to watch the Beverly Hills Billy, like, you know, every day and stuff like that? I used to see it when I would stay home for school sick, but that's it. Yeah. Now, he was a Guy Williams is his name, and he was Professor John Robinson on Lost in Space. 
and he really, you know, it's it's ten to it's over a decade to come, so it makes right. sense he's young. So you know, I want to talk about the director because he is better known uh, as Freddie Dakova, who yeah. was the producer on the, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Now this guy Frederick De, De Cordova, he did Cordova. lots and lots of movies, but at a certain point in the mid fifties, he switched to television, which really seems like a backwards move for most directors. But right. he loved it, and in nineteen seventy one, he got hooked up as executive producer of the Tonight Show, and that's where he stayed until he died. Absolutely. And uh, he wrote a, a his own bio, a memoirs, which is pretty ah. good. He talks a little bit about Bonzo, but uh, it's a great book. He does talk about Bonzo. A little bit, you know. It's hard to find. I've I've been always kind of looking for it. Well, he directed the original Bonzo. Okay, here we get another one of those scenes in which the regular person's like, "Huh," you know, because oh. the monkey takes the telegram. Telegram for housewife. Ooh ooh ooh. ooh. So, Freddy de Cordova, he did the original Bedtime for Bonzo. Um, And he, but in television, he did George Burns and Gracie Allen show. He did Jack Benny. He did My Three Sons, 108 episodes. He was the director for. He must have been sick of those three sons. Now, he died on September 15th of 2001, so it was just a few days after September 11th. Uh-huh. Is that a good thing or what? Are you trying to find that like you should I die? I only raise it because this movie was released on September 11th, 1952. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So there's been bombs every year. Yeah, so every year there was a bombing that was uh, on 9-11. This was a box office failure. You're right about that. Ronald Reagan himself predicted that, refused to be in it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, we saw a movie with, uh, I think it was Clint Eastwood holding a monkey, uh-huh. right? Didn't, like, uh, I think it was that. Uh, that's Any Which Way But Loose, Any Which no, Way No, no, but, but Frankie, wasn't Frankie Avalon, wasn't there like a surf movie where he shows up uncredited? Well, we saw a um, a ski, ski movie, movie uh, ski party with uh, Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello and that huh. bear on skis. You're right. I'm thinking of bear. Well, there is a Clint Eastwood. There's a movie where Clint Eastwood shows up holding a monkey, and he's like a teenage. You know, it's like a young Clint Eastwood. Oh, not okay. No, not, not the a... orangutan movie. Okay. So Betsy has written a letter to Grandpa Gaston, and the letter, I mean, Grandpa Drew, and the letter says, wait, excuse me, Gateson, Gateson, it's the mother's father, Clarence B. Gateson, the millionaire, and the letter said, we have a brother now, I have a brother, his name is Bonzo, and so it's sold to us like he misunderstood and thought he had a grandson. But oh, so fruit- that's what the panda's for. Right, and he's got a baseball bat and skates. Like, this is an <laughs> infant, right? Blue clothing. I got your boy's life subscription. Now, in this, we really see the sexism of the 50s because he does not give a shit about a granddaughter. He's never been there before. He's right. only here today because he heard he has a grandson. Carry on my name. 
And uh, it's going to be, they're trying to, Chris Kringle's having the most fun with it. He, he doesn't want to let him know he's a monkey until he, he just wants to see his face when he finds out it's a monkey. Um, Chris Kringle. Yeah, but there's a lot of that sexism in which, um, uh, like, they say stuff like, I, like, Chris Kringle says hello to some girls who walk by and goes, I wish girls could play football. You know, and that was for, like, sex reasons. And they're like, oh, dad. And then he goes, well, boys will be boys. And I don't know. There's lots of sexism in this film. It's just so when when did they bring up football in earnest? Like coming up, or like has it been dropped throughout this movie that's a football yeah. town? It, well, throughout this movie, he is Paulton's football coach, and Paulton sucks. Their record last year was zero wins. And that's the whole big thing. Like, what are we going to do to turn this around? And he's been auditioning people. Uh, that's not the right <laughs> word. Trying out people for quarterback. So, oh, yeah, we. All we know is he has a very unsuccessful football team that needs help. Which Marx Brothers movies had them playing football and they basically had like chariots with horses go through? Was right. that Day of the Races or Monkey? I think it was like a Day of the College or something. Yeah, there was one in which, uh, yeah, and, and the handsome Marx brother was in it. Uh, yes, yes, uh, Chico. And and I think that I think I think uh, the new dean of the college was Groucho. Um, I don't remember which one it was, but uh, I guess I really should see that collection again. You know, I've just seen them over the years. Duck Soup was my favorite. Uh, oh, mine too. Yeah, and I, the I like that. Right. One. There's a I have a DVD collection of like their their later films. So like it has Day of the Races, but then it has like Love Crazy or whatever. The, the, There's know, ones the... I missed, and we watched the very last one they ever did, and I was very glad about that because it showed me that it was just another Marx film. It was just another Marx Brothers film. They did yeah. everything. They, well, they, they did Tarp. They did the... Casablanca. Yeah. Yeah, it had all the all the routines, and it was a solid movie. And it's just it's not. He played the piano, and he hit it with his pointer finger um right he did a polka he had to interpret chico's uh uh you know charades game yeah right okay oh. so now he sees the monkey and it's it's going crazy now bonzo never acts crazy but for some reason he's doing that in this film right now well he looks smart he has a pipe but I mean, Bonzo never freaks out like he's doing right now. Someone it, must—he must be smoking a sativa, not an indica. Must be. Look at that man! He really Look climbed at it. up. Parkour, parkour. He man, he parkoured up the stairs. So now, uh, Gas Gates uh, is very pissed, and he thinks he's been hoodwinked by the parents because he left all his money to his new grandson. You kidding, right? He says that in front of Betsy. <laughs> See, he gets real pissed. Do you hear it well? Yeah, I hear it. Okay. I'm listening to Monkey Vision. The reason I have it up is because Betsy, like, gets her heart broken and really shames the grandfather. Good. He doesn't seem like a good grandfather. 
No, he's a piece of shit. But he's going to get shamed now and get better. He finally made a monkey. He made a monkey out of me. Yeah. See, it's playing the nice music. I know you hate girls. You wish I was a boy. Oh my God, is she reading like from a hostage note or something? Today is September 24th. No, she's gonna cry and she's so sorry. She's the only one in the room not wearing a suit. See? No, no. Carl, you promised me no crying in Bonzo. I was hoping for a happy monkey movie. There we go. That's her big. Is she gonna fall down a crevice and have scorpions walk over her face? <laughs> Just, the, the parallel between these two movies is incredible. Now she was <laughs> never gonna be an actress. Never. They went to this audition for her older brother Gerald, who was trying to be the uh, the son to Madame Curie in this movie. Um, and the mom couldn't find a babysitter, so she took this woman, G this girl, along, Gigi. She uh, was only two years old. But she could speak French. I don't understand how that's possible, because I, you, do, you can speak it too. But anyway, they loved her. She got the part. She became the top child movie actress in 1951. Uh, wow. When she was 10 years old, she was given the keys to the city of Pittsburgh by the mayor. Whoa. Used to do that sort of thing back then. So anyway, she just stumbled into acting and became successful. Um, and then lost it all. Her career, she didn't go much past the 50s. I think she probably wasn't a child anymore, and she went into real life. I stopped researching after yeah. I uh, – That's pretty uh, fascinating to begin with. It's not every day a child gets the keys to Pittsburgh. <laughs> times are different right they used to do that back in the day the mayors would have oh, yeah. and give you the keys to the city that's a big deal yeah, we, yeah. that went away well they had the little things where you press it it makes a noise the beep, yep. beep, beep. yeah I give yeah. you the, the city indicator you'd be on route 80 driving into Pittsburgh <laughs> god where did I park that city oh hang on beep 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 Fine phone, not fine phone, fine, fine town. Okay, so now um, Grandpa Rich Bucks is nice, and he's gone golfing with Bonzo. Listen to her voice, man. She is really granny. I know who granny is. I don't want to hear her voice. Why don't you like her? I'm sick of the Beverly Hillbillies. Shit drags on. Like, All right. I try to watch it. It's in black and white. I'm like, oh, God. All right. Before there was Beverly Hillbillies, she was like a vaudeville person. And right. she was her husband and her went around the country um, doing the act. She was a chain smoker. She was a chain smoker. The only time she wasn't smoking is when she got on that stage. And any wow. vaudeville bit that she could make an excuse for the character smoked. So would she do like those fancy tricks where you like put a lit cigarette in your mouth and like pop it out? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, it's in your mouth. Now it's out your ear. I don't know. That's a good question. But I, I just thought that was interesting that she was a chain smoker and she would try to incorporate yeah. it in her act because she smoked so much that when she was up there for the 15 minutes doing her bit, she missed her cigarette. She came up with the phrase, smoke it. <laughs> he Somebody's... gets a hole in one and Bonzo freaks out. Yeah, Bonzo knows how to play golf. See, you know how Bonzo got in the club? He had a lie about his religion. <laughs> He's like, I'm Catholic. I'm not Jewish. I I was going to do an ethnic one. But I think you'll get mad. You're so sensitive. <laughs> they go, no, 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 no. He's no, no, no. He's no, no. He's a monkey. Look, he's a monkey. See? Oh, oh. Okay, no, I never said that. So he says, you better give me a nine iron, Bonzo. And Bonzo, like, gives him a seven. Hey, Bonzo's so smart. He knows everything. Okay, now we're going to get the football connection. Did I lose you? Eh, it says you're still here. You're not on mute. All right, we might be having some technical difficulties. It might be because I brought up racism. I'll turn up the volume for the moment. Yeah, Spiegelman went away. Now he's yeah. coming back. Oh, there you are. Yep, no problem. Things are back to normal. Okay, Here's now we're going to get the football um, connection, finally. The uh, football oh, yeah. is going to make its way over to Bonzo. Here it is. And he's going to chuck. Whoa, what a toss. Go long, Bonzo. Ook. Ook, ook. Now, we, I, I don't know. I can't find where it is. But there's some guy who one of the football players, his name's Jerry Paris, and he was that. Jerry, yeah. he was the helper on the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah, right. And I can't find him. Also, the famous Tom Hart. Harmon, who won the 1940 Heisman Trophy, is hiding out somewhere here too, as one of He's these not football playing himself? players. I, I guess he himself. was, but wow, that monkey could throw a football. They're Jeez. like, "Wow, it, it! I don't believe it." Well, then how'd I get this, sir? Not since the ball went towards a talking donkey have we seen such uh, athleticism. So now what we're going to get is both the, the you know Grandpa Money Bucks and um, Betsy, Coach. yeah, you know, saying like he should play, and they're like, ah, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> well, if there's no rule against it, and he goes, well, you have to be a member of the college. Well, he could take the exam. He's awful smart. It's so the, stupid. You know, the movie Ray is called Bonzo Goes to College. It, it is Bonzo Goes to College, is it not? Yeah, you know, the right. taglines were There's deceptive. Answer, right? The taglines talk about it as if he it was all about college, and it certainly wasn't. Um, well, I think that's a better premise. Like, you know, what, what would make you want to leave the house to go see a Bonzo sequel? Reagan football? just thought it was not believe. Okay, I have a quote here. Um, 
Reagan didn't want to work on the second film. He thought the premise was unbelievable. He refused. Reagan, quote, believe me. Now, he said this in, the, in 1980, April right, 28th. Right. So he was the president. He said, believe me, you must have credibility. Now, take my role in bedtime for Gonzo. I was a scientist who raised the chimp as a child in my home. It was a huge moneymaker. Terrific. People couldn't could believe in it. But then the studio decided to make a sequel called Bonzo Goes to College. I refused to play in it. It bombed. Who would believe a chimp could go to college and play foot on a football team? It lacked credibility. I wouldn't have to agree, finally, with Ronald Reagan on something. <laughs> <laughs> now, here is Bonzo taking a college entrance exam. F. No, T. 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 No, no F. All right. I'm going to go with true. And we're going to have another one of those, like, I'm a shocked regular person. I just can't believe it kind of thing. Oh, man. Look, I paid good money to see a guy go, huh? Look, he's doing it completely. Bonzo, what do you, what do you put on cereal? Banana? Oh! Bonzo, what do you split down the middle and put ice cream scoops on? Banana. Oh. oh, what a kiss ass. Suck up already. Got an apple for the teeth. Yeah, that's right. It's a stereotype of the 50s, which came from the prairie, right? The 1880s, 1860s, one single oh, uh, from the prairie? Single room. No, the real uh, frontier. Oh, the real prairie, the real little houses. Yeah, because apples were like really valuable, and teachers. Oh, really it's because though back in those days, everybody was a farmer. Everybody was a farmer. So yeah, but sometimes the school marm didn't even get paid. So what do you do to say thank you? You bring stuff from your farm, like corn, you know. But look at this. That's Should kind of boring. The most exciting one was an apple because it's sort of like candy to them. What about Applejack? Like there must be some kind of brandy you could bring to the teacher. Apple, some kind like, of what? Brandy? Like a, yeah, like a like a fermented apple drink. Oh, I like get made it. an apple brandy, an Applejack. Okay, so now he's passed the college entrance exam. You see him doing the exercises. It's a yeah. big joke. He's now. One of the taglines is he's running riot on the grid gridiron and making monkeys out of the professors. Um, yeah, right. Another one says now he's a football hero as he outsmarts the professors and cuts up with the campus cuties. <laughs> oh my god. So he goes on he's gonna hit on women? And women are gonna be it like, was a tagline on the movie poster. It really doesn't go with well, what happens like, in the movie. Spuds McKenzie is like BMOC, and then like until Bonzo shows up, and all the girls are like, "Fuck you, Spuds! I'm going out with Bonzo." <laughs> yeah, with Bonzo, that's right. So now it's a news item: a monkey's gonna play football, and our bad guys are gonna catch wind of this. Hello, Bu Dumont Television News. Right. Hey, buddy, did you see the TV set? Yeah, it happens to be on right where we are. Did you happen to see it? Yeah, it gave the plot point. Hey, there 
there can't be two. That's why we never caught up with him. He went to college. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they had, okay. So there's betting. It's like, how much are they plant putting on that Paulson game? Paulson? Paulson? He goes, not that I know too much about these things because they're illegal. Uh-huh. They don't work. You know, but you could get four to one. I mean, so what they're realizing is somebody could make a lot of money if they kidnapped this chimp and replaced it with just a regular chimp. You see? Well, my head is like bleeding right now. They're going to kidnap a chip to replace it with a regular chip? Right. They're going to kidnap oh. Bonzo, switch him up. for a regular chimp. I give up. Listen, and they're going to put movies. a lot of money on the game against Paul Paulson. I never questioned my faith about movies. I love all movies. You know, there's no such thing as a bad movie. They're a movie. Uh, this, this movie is really kind of making me like uh, revisit my faith. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So there was, okay, Bedtime for Bonzo starred a chimp named Peggy as Bonzo, but unfortunately, Peggy died in a zoo fire. What? Yeah. A it zoo happened, fire? Yeah. It happened two weeks after the premiere of Bedtime for Bonzo. <laughs> oh, God. So, so this is not the original Bonzo, and this chimp's name really is Bonzo. But there they have Jessica. See Jessica? Yeah. Jessica looks like right like Bonzo because uh, the only one who will notice a difference is Betsy. Betsy will look at Jessica's profile and say, that's not Bonzo, but not yet. So wasn't that zoo fire in L.A. Confidential? Danny DeVito took photographs of it and told it for <laughs> a newspaper. I think L.A. Confidential took place in the 40s, not the 50s, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, I th I, well, it might be early 50s. No, it's after the war, right? Remember the – it's uh, – that's a good question, too. You could no, be no. right. It might be Danny DeVito's uh, era. Yeah, like this was scandal uh, material, right? Like Jane Mansfield got a lot of press. I'm sure Bonzo's uh, – so this is a little funny. He goes, say, can you give me two stamps? They're three set stamps. And he goes, sure. Since you're my favorite grandfather, I'll give them to you for a dime apiece. Okay. Uh, of course, he's mailing the letter. And who should have a banana but our bad guy? He's going to fall for it. Listen, Hello there, Bonzo. Yeah. I would like to offer you my banana and take you to down this alley. Let's have a conversation. And just Bonzo just goes with them. Bonzo, I guess... just say ook. Just say ook. I ook. guess Bonzo doesn't know that people can be bad or something. Like you said, they have a story. They got to move this along. They also does. He also doesn't recognize that these are the people who he he ran away from home over. They humiliated him. They said, you're a dumb monkey. Yeah, that's right. You don't know uh, the uh, batting average of. But he did know. Well, look at that. George McGovern that runs for president. God, that's news. That is not going to happen until <laughs> 70. What year was that? I don't know. I guess you're right. 70. Did he go against Nixon? Who did McGovern go against? It was after 752, you're right. 
Maybe I meant to say George Wallace. So now we're like, oh no, he's missing. Monkey boy's uh -huh. missing, and so they're all looking for him. The only, you know, I want to tell you this: Mia Farrow's mother was in Hannah and her sisters playing their mother. Interesting. Probably the last time that ever happened in a Woody Allen movie. Yeah, that's right. The only other thing was she was in Peggy Sue Got Married in 1986. That's the last real thing that she was in. Which is a great movie. I like that. Is that the one with, um, what's her name? Mer yeah. Yeah. Kathleen Turner and, Kathleen and Nicolas Turner. Cage. She goes back to high school to try to right. fix her life. And she tells that guy about stocking uh, pantyhose and. Yeah. Yeah, the guy wants to marry her, and she says no. I, okay, what's her name? What is her name? Sorry, Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner. Okay, here comes my joke. Ready? Mm. Ring, ring. <laughs> Hello. Yes, Kathleen <laughs> Turner, please. This is Kathleen. You know, I, I recommend she was interviewed on a, so there was a huge book called like Kathleen Turner on Acting. Uh -huh. And this guy interviews her about all her roles. And it's uh -huh. just interesting because she's she still a stage actor. You know, she's oh, still act. I she didn't know that. Up. She shows up here and there. She was in uh, Dumb and Dumber 2. Uh, oh, yes. I saw that. It was a, I don't know if it was good. Uh, she, yeah. th these are all the Turner classics. <laughs> oh, where do you see it? What channel? Uh, you Turner Classic Movies. They've got uh, uh, <laughs> Peggy Sue Got Stone. Married, Romance in the Stone, War of you know, the Roses. Okay, I am a football fan, and I, it's very interesting for me to see this football game because they look so different from today. I know oh, that no. you're not a football fan, but if you look at these helmets, they're like paper thin. Right. They're not protecting crap. Monkeys have very thick skulls, Carl, so I wouldn't worry about Poncho. <laughs> that is what, racist. That is racist. It's not true. Listen, what's up with everyone wearing suits and fucking bleachers? That's the way people, when people went out, they put on their jacket. Many people only had one jacket, and that was perfectly acceptable. If you only had one jacket. So instead of wearing like a Camp Auschwitz t-shirt or whatever we wear today. What? You, go out, you know, whatever, a t-shirt, you know, with the yeah. says whatever. Uh, and then you, you would wear a suit. Says Fortnite. <laughs> MAGA. Yeah, right. Okay, so look, there was the time of, you know, like colonial times, 1700s, late 1700s. Everyone was in those kind of petticoat kind of things. Right. Somewhere around 1860, 1880, that coat turned into the boiler hat. The boiler hat is that what they called it? The bowler hat, and the hat. it became it, it became a look of business. They took that cat that that petticoat or whatever you call it, and they made it very plain, and they cut off the tails, right? Because you're not a you're not a person of government. You're not a, a aristocracy person, but you still want to look like you are. So that's where the suit jacket came from. Huh. Also, you know, we, we wear these ties. There used to be all kinds of like cravats and it, it got down oh, to the point in which there was only the tie and the bow tie. 
once again, it was for business. It's just a different time, you know. We it yeah. came from a place, it ended up in a place. The 1960s killed all of that, killed it yeah. dead. Now, one of the things we always talk about, especially when we see nightclubs in movies, is that does that nightclub actually reflect the nightclubs of the time? Or right. is it a movie set and that they're doing set design? So is this like a real football game? Yes. Or is this basically a movie lot where they just film? No. Whoa, I, I, no, it might be a movie lot. No, but our thing about the nightclubs is we used to see in the 80s this fake nightclub. Right. And there was no such place like that you could go pay your money. This is what a football game looked like. Now, this is obviously not our monkey Bonzo. So they just keep throwing banana, uh, peanuts at him, and Jessica, like, I don't know, screw, just eats the peanuts. There's Bonzo, a captive in, in a hotel with our They're enemies. not happy. With our bad Very guy. Right. Very troubling. Very they, troubling. Very troubling. Needs to talk to a therapist. <laughs> I so, got to tell you, Mike, I love the game of football, and it's so interesting to see them doing the huddle, doing the, uh, you know, the offensive line. Things are a little different, but not so different. Right, mostly I was going to say. Uniform. So mostly the uniform, and then, like, but the gameplay is the same? Like, there's... yeah. Well, the rules have changed and everything, but stuff like what's a safety, what's a touch touchback, all that stuff's the same. The shoulder pads are much smaller today, believe it or not, and the huh. helmet is much, much thicker, much thicker. Right. Those helmets are, you know, like $1,200 each. They've, they've got all sorts of equipment in them for radio, uh, transceiver, really? and, you know, they're thick as hell. Why do you need a re Oh, let's look at that. They're losing the fucking monkey. Yeah, because it's not Bonzo. Hey, we did it. The radio is saying we won. Or we lost, and then we won. So they throw peanuts at him. Now, how come everybody doesn't see that he has the peanuts? Okay, look at this uh, timer. You see? It's, okay. it's analog, of course. Of course it yeah, is. Yeah, sure. Well, we're totally used to the digital timer today that's precise, you know? Well, you know, a lot of movies where they have, like, college fields, they don't really have a time. I guess they do. You're right. They have that's a digital timer. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's very precise, and they can roll it back. This one, there's some guy, and he would go click, and the the thing would start going. And they click, he would turn it off. It was very imperfect and human. Not that it's so terrible. Okay, so now the bad guys decide that they're going to go down and collect their dough. They're going to be ready when... You know, the game's only half over, but... Uh, These guys make the wet bandits look like masterminds. I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ, what a stupid crier. They're going to leave the monkey all alone. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to turn off the radio to... So I'm going to play it. Stay away from the you mini bar. Mental anguish. Stay away from the mini bar. Don't call room service. Hello, room service. Oh, here is room service. Look at this old traditional skeleton key. Well, you know, she got that when, from the mayor. When she was <laughs> Whoa, oh my goodness. So here is the cleaning woman, 
Rainer Makafrau, and that is how he will escape. She will simply unlock, and he's going to run down to Paulton. Okay, so we still have the old monkey. What is her name, Jessica? Did I say Jessica? Jessica, yeah, yeah, Jessica. Okay, so now Betsy knows that's not Bonzo. So yeah, also the audience knows. She's the only one who realizes it's a different monkey. Right. Yellow cab. God bless him. Yeah, so this guy is totally drunk. Um, are you really seeing the yellow cab right now? I'm at 11.27. What are you at? 11.31. I'm at 11.50. Ah, Okay. I'll tell you what, can you tell me when you get to 11, 12, oh, oh, and then I'll, I'll continue playing? 11 and 12? Yeah. Okay. So he hops in the cab with the drunk guy. That's how he gets down there. I'm at 11.52, so 10 okay. seconds here. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that, but 11.58, 9, 12, 1, Perfect. 2, 3. Okay, I'm with you. Okay. So – he 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 gets in the cab and the the cabbie's like the game's half over and he goes I'm not going for the game I want to help him tear down the goalposts hiccup because back then <laughs> when the game was won people would swarm the field really and, tear down yeah. the goalposts do you winning remember team? like watching the World Series in the seventies and yeah. when the game was over the crowd would go on the field do you remember that. Yeah, I totally remember that. It's weird. It's like a riot would occur, you know? Right, and that was also disco sex night. It was all really ugly. (laughs) (laughs) I remember watching uh, the Yankees win in like 77, 78, 79, and people would, they would just, it's like, you just thought to yourself, well, people crazy, what can you do? They're going to swarm the stage, you know? Yeah, now it's a no-no. Yeah, well, well I mean, like it got cut super out. enforced in the 80s. In yeah, the 80s, that stopped. The tape were cut out in the, uh, in the field, and the bleachers come running down. <laughs> okay, so now they've got their peanuts again, but it's absolutely not going to work because this is the real Bonzo. And he's like, do what you can, Bonzo. <laughs> Look at Bonzo go. This is my moment to shine. Fuck you, Rudy. That's right. Now, what's got to happen here is Bonzo needs to get three touchdowns in what's remaining of the game, and he surely will do it. Does he work so they, on teamwork? There like we go. Goes, yeah, there we go. That's teamwork. Touchdown. Yay! Yay! Whoop-dee-doo! <laughs> Look at him dancing. Get the extra point. That means... So what is it? It's eight, seven. Okay. Okay. So they need two more. Look how little time is left. Yeah, they got two markings left. So that's what they're. He jumps over. Yeah. And he gets the touchdown himself. It's the quarterback sneak. Yeah, that's not good teamwork, though. That's selfish. Uh, that's okay. He's a monkey. <laughs> Mike, he's a monkey. Why, why think too much about this? So now it's 14 to 20, and they've got their okay. extra point. So all they need to do is six more points, and they win. 
they need seven points and they will get it. And so here they are realizing that the bad guys are like, we're going to lose. So he goes, hey, I have a headache. He goes, yeah, a little fresh air would do you good. And then, Oh, no, fellas. Yeah, that's right. Stay here and pay up. Is this uh, OTB? They're like, bad, bad well, it's illegal. Football. It's illegal. Monkey football. Look at that scrum, huh? And what? Wow. What? He's got it. He's it's hey. there. It's Halton's ball. He's got a concussion. Yeah, right. Last. Uh, Last and second. Right. Last minute. Last minute. Well, we're down to the end of the clock here. You can't tell because yeah. it's not digital, but. All right. Come on, monkey. Now, look, he does a ladder. Right. Yay! Look at the smile! You know, he doesn't really do exert much energy. I mean, I understand you have a monkey in a full-length movie, and the fact that he doesn't eat <laughs> everyone's face off is, is commendable, but he could at least, like, show some pizzazz. He just tosses the ball. <laughs> Well, we'll have to speak with Deep Roy about that when we interview him and ask Listen, him why. Deep Roy. Deep Roy is not wearing a monkey suit. He's a real monkey. Your, your, your performance was so flat, Deep Roy. Yeah. Okay, so you're, now you're they're going for two points. And look, Bonzo is not the quarterback. He went. He shimmies up to the top of the goalposts, which are different. Oh, he got it! Does that count? I yes. Mean, it does. Gun. Yeah, this they used to use a gun back then to do the quarters. Well, this is it. The game's over. That's right. Wait, and the movie's over? They're gonna yes, like they this? make this their third act. Carl, that's so disappointing. I'm telling We're you, not going to wrap up crap. We, we still have an hour's worth of movie left. Now, the one last business, like, you know, how there's always a surprise contest at the end of a movie – after the third act finale, they're trying this. This recruiter is trying to talk Bonzo into becoming a professional football player. Wah, wah. And so they have to go, Bonzo, don't leave us. No, don't sign the What's deal. What's it gonna be, Bonzo? You in the sticks or you in the big time? Right. Don't be a sucker. <laughs> I'm signing this monkey is what's yeah, going I'm on. Yeah, I'm signing a monkey, of course. <laughs> oh, my brain is broken. Jesus Christ. This movie asks you to, to spend a lot of disbelief. Yes, I know, and Reagan was right to not join it. I'm going to have to agree with Ronald Reagan. I'm, he was smart. He was wise yeah. on this movie. Yay! Oh, yay! Bonzo. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was a universal international release picture. None other than Bonzo goes to college. <laughs> that just happened. Carl, what'd you think of the movie? I don't know. <laughs> it's over before it started. Let's face it. I mean, it 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 it, it didn't suck, but it sucked. It sucked. It it actually made me question why I watch movies. But yeah. you know, maybe that's a good thing. Who knows? I mean, well, this yeah. any movie that makes you agree with Ronald Reagan's, uh, you know, a, a, a sentence, a statement Ronald Reagan made. Listen, if you watch a sequel and you say the original is better, 
You're watching bedtime for Bajo. Yes, right. <laughs> You're in a bad place. You know, it's one thing to be like, I don't know. Uh, I I thought uh, Lego Movie Two wasn't as good as the first one. That's legitimate. <laughs> but when you when you're like, yeah, bedtime for uh, Bajo goes to college. Not as good as the first one. That's when you need. <laughs> but to they're be. so unrelated. They're totally unrelated. Saying, well, there was a there was a monkey, a chimp named Bonzo, and there were a bunch of people betting money on him. It's the same story. Gambling. Yeah. Bonzo goes to gambling. Well, that's been it. Wow, what a movie. Hey, next week, Carl, I haven't really picked it, but as you know, every year, uh, starting last year, uh, the government releases movies into the public domain. Right. And we have a huge list of them. <laughs> Excuse me. But I'm looking through a bunch of them, and uh... don't make a rash decision. We can just surprise okay. people. Yeah, well, there's a lot of great movies. A couple of Harold Lloyd films. We probably won't do those, but uh, a lot of films from 1926 that we are going to be looking over. And next week we'll announce the film, and we'll watch a new movie that just got released into the public domain from 1926. Would it be Lovers in Quarantine? I don't know. Would it be <laughs> A Merry Widow? Who can say? As well, I'll stand by to learn, and I'll do my research. Great. Sounds great. Well, I hope you all stand by. Carl, I want to thank you so much for making this show happen. Your research is impeccable. Thank uh, you. your, your Your banter on all things Bonzo is beneficial. And <laughs> we hope the audience, you enjoyed the show, and then we see you next Sunday, whether you listen live or first on mutinyradio.fm, or you follow us uh, on our podcast or subscribe to our YouTube channel at LWAFLMOYC. My name is Mike. Carl, what a pleasure. We'll be back next week. See ya. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Friend, I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and the way champagne tickles my nose. And I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, 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 duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. And now from a quarter spun twist topped sectional sofa of a dollar sized wallop of jellies, this is Radio 11, served justly for these days on the Monday in 5pm marker stop a blotter mark, and this is Serena, that other rather voice of the queue, as in aqua, this slim and finally of an afternoon finds us starting out with French Jackson, as in a sidle step up from queue and the tryst, and following gently we'll revisit a mishmash of scenic dollops of the kind in kind, a crypto story, ecosystemics an open letter to Amazon, your open engagement towards a code-testable government, fervorment of just, a bit of karma, and a quickie on how this whole thing started out, with strawberry programming, next up, French Jackson.
the bag carousel word as the carrier threw luggage up the ramp. MGA. The tag read. A thin tawny hand with a gold bracelet whiskered up the bag and threw the strap across her bosom, arching up and briskly walking towards the exit, to a cab outside. It had been three days from any communique from the crew, radio silence and all that. And there was just a single chatter this morning on signal. Gazinked. Yeah it was code. The kind that starts with agent and ends in a toffee ice cream or some such gooey nonsense. It was silly using Signal, as they were all trained telepaths. But it was good in a noisy pinch anyway. Ouch! She spun around, noisily from a pinch from behind. Aria! Great you made it! Um! We weren't expecting you at the airport, and so early. Thanks for the wake-up call though. It was French Jackson, FR for short and he was a medium-build character that was always about to look away when he was talking with you. It seemed as if he had a story written on the inside of his eyelids. Shy, but a good fellow to have in a brawl. And he was Arya's bodyguard for the shoot starting mid-morning. He was the nightclub type and loved his gin and tonics. Or mostly just tonics these days. Got to please the wheeze, or some such nonsense he would say out loud. Why the character assassination, Arya? I read that last paragraph and it was nonsense. This was surreal. Gu's fictional characters often criticized his work and jumped over each other's lines in real time. I mean, it was fine in his studio apartment, but this was the airport near Rio, and Q, while mildly looking it over from half a world away, felt that Arya had it right. I mean. We could have chosen a better bodyguard Yonkspec, but the series was just starting out, and the characters were only introduced 10 minutes ago. Well enough of that, you'll do fine father. Thank you Arya. Well anyway, the floors are creeping up and it feels a bit like peanut butter and jellish sandwich again, what do you think? Great. I'll take the bags. I've got this one, she tucked her purse up to her side and they were off. Sunbeam headlines in the thrusts of oncoming cars found prismatic light shows coming at them like a West Portal dance club they would once frequent. The gin, back then. Woosh. Click. Brrrk. Knock knock. The car pulled into the slip, the house door opened, and as they walked in, ice was being crushed in an industrial blender, and more people were starting to arrive at the party. Let's see how this thing is going to get on as FR pushed back at the crowd starting to form near the door. Um. It's me. Don't be so pushy. Sorry madam. IT's not madam, it's Georgina, your pal from the show last August. You're doing thin without the gin. Good keep it up. Well yes. That is a thing, he loosened up. You're looking quite all righteous yourself. It's a wonder you made it up to Rio. Weren't you flittering near Berkeley in the summers? God that was great party wasn't it? Slim had his set down, and patting down the ladies at the door was a pleasure, except that young gal who tried to kill herself in the bathroom. Oh yes. Betty. She's fine. She's just like that. I think she was out of pills that night. Oh yes. I remember the pale blue eyes. Well anyway. I was her dealer. We all felt bad about it. 
laugh. Alright get in there. I've got to get some things out of the car, said French as he took his exit. A pause button for replay. The point. Life. Well it is reciprocal, and it is work, but is it? A desk. Is it even work from home? Perhaps it is at will work and do the needful. Float. Move free and understand what you are giving, and what you are getting. Decentralized payments mean you don't have a boss, you have currency tied to your belt, that releases and transacts all the while you are living. Ding. Perhaps you have body sensors, or perhaps you are adept enough to transact. And remember, it's not cash. It's energy. Where do you want to go? What will happen when you get there? Is there a point in getting there, or is the journey the mission, your short travels, should they return to home, or should they bring you further out and around to where you want to be? Will you have people, and housing, and enough stuff to travel forth? These questions of what is a home, and what is life, are complex, especially for relationships that develop, or do they, I think they should, but perhaps they only occur as needed. Familiar I like, but being alone when you want is nice too. To figure, establishing contactless digital currency does not have any requirements, as the exchanges work themselves out as you travel. Blog it. Build it. Sell it. Be it. Dream it. Ship it. Design. Resign. Unbox. And bring strawberries to a party. Heads up. Display it. Project it. QR scan it. Pick it up. Leave clues for the path disappearing ink on sidewalks, cyber plus human is instant and permanent in the blockchain. Divisiveness will keep your messages on path. So where does the energy come from? Food. Us. Power. Where does it go? Question it, level up, get out and build it, let them follow you, power up the power stations, leave data packets, from the future and beacons of proximity, which are training grounds for them and you, revisit and reseed what works, from everybody, from our devices, from the blockchain messaging, and test test test. Write the tests that test the tests, and automate long-range telepathic superhighways, instant point-to-point, on-point, depots, and portals, for your leisure, drop-in, tune-out, etc. Know when to speed, when to slow, it's perfect, all the time. Seemingly at least, it functions as physics and chemistry plus love, if that's what you're after. And then some. Let the music flow. And this was episode 20. Free for a dime drop into a pack bell telephone. Message us at anchor.fm slash aquaculab slash message and get in. Radiophonics are produced on an Android in semi-discomfort, for your comfortable chair or roads to listening pleasure. Please consider a donation to the podcast, and keep on listening on. Love from San Francisco, this is AquaQCU. Organization processes process and proceeding. Pausing with antennae with an initial and ongoing bodily communication of ourselves and our inclination of that being to proceed with the needs of, for what one cannot bear perhaps, in the times that it is known it is needed for. Hum.
ecosystem to ecosystem behavior. We signal each other, chemically, through radio, and the planet, surfaces and air help us send and retain a message for the time it is needed, creating troughs and pathways for some, and other times messages which terminate as they are gobbled up into a chemical transcription in the minds and body of the organism which noticed and indeed needed it, which starts the intraorganism communication, as attuned they are to their own bodies and they were one and many. Take a small leaf, which a caterpillar has crawled across, for what reason and perhaps to get higher on the leaf to reach a better signal. The leaf is water and material is ingested and then the plant and the water are aware of the caterpillar, who undulates and vibrates the food throughout its body, sending a little dance onto the leaf and into the air, and giving it enough energy to find its direction, and carry on its caterpillar conversation, until it finds some soft dirt to return the favor to the soil and perhaps an even smaller organism to return the nutrients to the plant, with its own enough energy and communication to do so. Meanwhile, the caterpillar, as satisfied with his living, carries on in this manner, and begins to see the world, from leaf to leaf as it were, starting again at the bottom perhaps, tagging itself at the stem so that it, and by it I mean others, find it again, or more precisely so that they can find the direction it has come from so that others may see the successes in this regard, and as the caterpillar travels on, the water inside of him is a sort of push-pull warble, and the electrons in his body from his activity in his environment spin, and he spins, bits at a time, until his internal organization directs his feet to paddle up and arched and then sideways a bit to test, and his body carries out the instructions which both his chemical brain and atomic water provide a means of motion to do so and in doing so aligns himself with another particular caterpillar to and from far away. As the message is clear that leaves are the place to be for such an amenable activity, and that the soil is pleased with the arrangement, and the plant seems keen to provide the anti-gravity for any time the caterpillar is willing to carry on with itself, and in these eventualities, as evident, the water is also stowed in a particular place near the abdomen which also drives our friend forward, to follow or be followed and he'll find with this water, another satchel of water, in another caterpillar, warm also and traveled with a similar chemical means and process, which the water knows too with its natural physics of communication as surface tension. As they say, love may be in the air as one caterpillar is nearer to another, as they love themselves and hence each other in the moments their energies provide, and inspire them to provide for another. So while their endeavor of food has been successful, they also endeavor to see and become beauty, as their measure of indicative success in their understanding of love, as one and another, and that beauty perceived is what is transceiver for the liking of one another, and in that moment of offset water displacement, these beings now close and seeing each other at the angles and properties that provides for them this optimal view of the beauty before them, for them, from in front and behind, is when they move in, for that direction, and continue their endeavors justly to make an even greater love. It's at this point, where the processes which carry life for the living proceed and as successes go, trigger further successes as life, chemically transcribed and encoded to the willingness of both to provide a new set of beings who love will, towards another one of these and more, which is encoded also in each of our parent participants, though unknowingly perhaps by their entire being, is known in that instant to the new life which now continues, and known through this very water which brought them together, coupled with the coupling of overlapping chemical ooze.
these reminders carry them to pause a bit and reorient themselves again, for the reasoning that things have once again changed, and change is what was required to orient at all and in the first place, the initial chemicals re-trigger the program inside the animal and apply a bit of string to the first and current bit, and, each time string is strung around, and left on that leaf, and in and about another, and each time there is movement in some part, to stay or to move and in which direction, and by push or pull or by an overriding sense of chemistry, which now is that program still, and those bits of string, and by which bits the caterpillar chooses to pull on, and to what successes those lead, and they then are perhaps oriented in their time and lives for the moments they proceed. With luck, and surely by successes and noticement of one in another, and for the desire to be and observe the enjoyments of such a living life, the orientation of all creatures around these now too, and further many caterpillars, adjusts and adjusts for them and since they are oriented they can proceed through this radiochemical life for as long as the orientation works for others, for themselves, and at each stage a new glimmering of experience brings their prior self forward, and using all their feet and strings they pull and stamp into the leaf or on a new bit of concrete wall, they now know they were not alone, confirmed by they themselves, and are happy to sit sideways on this bit of concrete and chatter a bit into the airwaves, and eventually to receive a signal which indicates the direction of their mate, and they can travel and chatter and meet up again if they'd like, or to talk about the plants down below, and by radio-visual, provide a map of what is good, and what good may be found if such a visual were followed, and these signals are likely picked up specifically only by these two caterpillars, although generally picked up in those attenuating their bodies, which are likely those who also seek like kind, and are in a means in their perhaps to be oriented society of bodies, and the messages as truth help further those endeavors. Of course the leaf may not always be pleased, although careful the caterpillar was to gnash on a non-reticulating portion, or perhaps it chomped right into a water artery that once was filled with leafy watery chemical yet unprocessed and meant for the leaf alone to handle. Well a caring and careful caterpillar and also the mandibles available to such a creature would not permit it to perish, or produce a result which was catastrophic to an environment such as discovery, and so, we're safe. The plant still holds the caterpillar to this day, and the two with many and many and legs which carry them in those organizations or organisms which have made it their living, and living they do, in their own orientation and their own times to find and direct each other on the terms of their radiochemical electrical sensations of the absolute and power of love in the universe, and the symmetry which now and has always existed, in the near and abstract sense to an observer but in absolute and positive terms for each being within themselves only to notice, and by that I mean the totality of their being, which is also the others they care in and about and for and all of those like and kind words. And thus, as we expected, the successes of this caterpillar find it even further, after its long success had brought it to a long rest, where its now known beauty has been taken internally, and all the organisms and further ones ahead are ready to provide now for these unsure future success of themselves and others, and the cocoon is just their mode of transport, and their bodies continue in travel, and the life inside of them is their own now and for a time, and it is built to their own specifications as known and now dreamt of, and shielded yet expected, care is taken to provide their ultimate antenna as well, this cocoon is shaped as the world would like its shape to be and that is seen and noticed throughout the air, and water, and radio signals may bounce off of it, 
and they may attenuate in the direction the cocoon is to open, and all continues to become ready, and further organization and the messages ahead and behind are the busyness and business in fact of life, as celebrated. So at a time, and without the long and arduous detailing, this creature emerges larger than life, which proceeds to literally carry it over these and newer and very and very lichened like cable plants and trees, and their colors shine and reflect and are seen across all the caterpillars, as they were sitting on these leaves and eating their first bits of plant for perhaps their own lifetimes, and a particular color of light shines on one particular caterpillar, and causes his feet and eyes to shine in a moment, and in that moment, alters perhaps just one foot or wanks just one of his antennae, and that is part of his new direction, or perhaps it is all of them, and whatever it is, is one of trillions of communications our flying friendly is now able to bestow, and as it continues on, now fully noticed by larger creatures who perhaps weren't akin to its upbringing, the protections become greater as the ability to alter an environment is also, for altering such an environment for solely your own kind is noticed now and those settings in place for the birds or lizards or other creatures, may do well to adjust you, as you did for the creatures at the bottom bit of soil to return. And and so, care is taken and given, and we would like it to all work out, and whatever path is traveled is noticed, and so new trials begin for each creature within these means of travel and their behavior as larger creatures should and be willed to be that of the reminder of their successes as their and their own children, and so it should work, and a bit of chaos at a particular moment, is just the way a bird was turned or the wind blew on a bit of plant at a moment of crucial signaling perhaps, and adjustments are made with abilities to make choices to proceed with an orientation which has worked, to stay or move, and even staying involves movement, and this carries on. In tougher times and shiny simple happy times. Just know that a message has a beginning, which is its start as triggered by life itself. A middle, which can be short or long depending on the last part of this any any message, which is a decoupling and simple signature which indicates the friendly nature of the message, as intended, and this happens in all aspects of messaging, on ground, in air, and further chemically wherever chemicals travel even robust enough when known to double their walls and efforts, using stronger chemicals and bonds to relay the messages, sign as intended, and with hope deliverable by those same means. Dot. And thus concludes our observation of organized living in the processes which function as function and are keyed in their specialities which a deftness which is theirs in their time and space to utilize and the impacts of this life behavior as exemplars for the all the time going on of a particular and the love which is observable to a non-casual acquaintance is nearer than you think, and whatever bits you choose, choose you, and thus carries forward and off the beaten path for a bit more life and livability for the planet to enjoy, this has been our messaging from the island and about the all the time San Francisco and its associated light beams of Beamery Creamery. Good luck inside and outside and about and throughout a lifetime of such discovery. Aqua QC3W Political fervor for the UN fevering of reticulating leaven cash disparaged and recarriaged return to a normal middle sea of the musical chairs of our senators, and housemates, amongst our firsts of our first lady, honoring and honorable, and how shall we go in and out and about the proceedings which operate time in efficacy in operation. We are people, do remand and demand a currency which is working, workable, 
palatable and palletted for logistical delivery amongst all 50 of our statehoods, without days, yet knights around a round table, near a sword, nor shield, yet tooling to revise and device our forward, onward, within and not without, around and well routed rediscovery and, quickly, as in the now of it all and all the time. Mark. Our story begins at the beginning and carries forward this messaging in maintenance of the threading and care of our flag, honored in the places of noticement, our hearts and minds eye, on he occasions where prevalence is desired for the desirable in repeating and non-repeating digital concurrency. Apple Pie. Dear Kamala, and our Biden. This lettering is for you, like a jacket from the jocular days of our nation, when we grew our children to rave about nuclear powers, and still hid under our desks, how appropriate these same boasters did the same. A desk to write solutions to our problems, and not at all designed perfect as in the philosophy of, nor really designed well for education, at any rate, with boxy and sized sizzling classrooms with a talking head and children's heads down and hands up to beg to ask out loud, versus the versed understanding that to speak when time-space permits is natural and in turn. And so, we need to keep some things. And these are the things, the happiest of people for the best of the benefits of reasoning, as is suggested and suggestible with and onward and on again and again successes of unmistable unfoolery, and the replacement of bodies of thought and reason, fresh, where fooling is at its most regular and non-productive. We've all been fooled, and this is going on and on again without freshness, and we have a ton of people, to be made interested and interesting in our daily workings of a governing body which is actually made with minds and bodies, and not simply fillings or stuffery of the unseen, hidden with papers written by professional for professionals, and glossaries considered as only glossy glossovers, and the etc. Which brings me to the classroom. Our classroom, our daily government, in and for all 50 states, for their needs and the best, naturally the most excitable and therefore energetic enough to provide its own power to our powers that be in the House and Senate, committees for committees, an overlap of elected and unplain from all around, and around they will be, for the injection of field ideas and the follow-up, much needed, to ensure that agreements are kept, and that people don't shy away from their paid civilian duties, nor our elects will be able to push them away or replace them but will stare them right in the face, and, because the unknown portion may have elected these soon to be honest and non-fools, they will understand implicitly, and as well packets of programmatic writ will allow tests to be written for laws and reused programmatically, by and for the people, for such things as conflicts of interest, where one may hear and react in some ways, this is a record, which is checked and rechecked when these items come up time and time again, for a time before things are working just naturally. It's at this point, where you may want to brief on computer programming code testing, wherein the tests are written towards what is expected, and then the code is written, and tests are continually run again changed code, to ensure that the expected is always maintained, and as well, peer review and cryptographic personal signoff is in multiples and provides the reviewer accountability and the coders, likewise, by name, comments, times and dates, and etc. This is how our laws will be written, 
and this is how we will back OGS and apply our initial and ongoing tests to existing bills and laws, where tests for laws are written and maintained by this same and ongoing paid public. And so, our initial tests will be simple things like, was this correctly signed, does it repeat itself in the document, and is that verbatim or does it reference something else, and what is that reference, and how can we build a tree of conflicting or true bill and law relationships. This brings in our judicial branch and case laws, and we shall ensure that while our judges are unfettered, that they themselves, and impartial testers, will apply a date branchable precedence and case law and do magical magical things, like, automatically bringing tried cases to light when new precedents are set in motion, or even as they are brought back into court, so that notices are available to parties at all these access controlled branches, where views, edits, notes, and even social branches can freely utilize and build networks around the varieties of the, let's call them the branches of branches or rooting within, or any type of natural understandable set of nomenclatures which are easy enough to understand, and work, so that traversal within our systems is easy and skill transferable. In fact, so many part-time jobs will be created based on the desire to work near hours to learn and accomplish too much for their and others benefit and a lifetime of emotionally whole and non-drudgery due to the non-repetitive nature of the work, that more hours will be spent as humans, and therefore the more functional the work be towards our human desires for natural, easy, and fun. These taps will extend with our global partners, the UN as well, specifically as viewable and suggesting. As much of our work affects the world, and many of our citizens have interests in livability on our globally measurable scale, and in particular these are our honoring of nature on the need to be global, and this also includes the desire for happiness, proven and upkept for this work to continue in, as in our planet, perpetuity. And the jobs will be suggestible by the individual and groups, and some of the tests, will be written, perhaps in plain language, and transferred to code, or as code, or as code is taught, and the tests will test against what jobs are already this or that, and if it is completely new, and the applied will find all the segments where work can be done by our innovative individual or group, and these are the things we will do to carry our lives forward from this point. A new library will be appointed, and new indelible systems of discovery available for all access, irregardless of income, or ability to afford or travel towards the locale where the application of their work is to be made available, and carried as well by all the varieties of those who write and use the code, in our new language. The ideas will work, and when disparities arise, those with noticement will see the highlighting across all boards, and will discuss in code and comments in a rich simplicity to indicate perhaps why change will work or break, and these humans will make and further and revise their language, and see the problems shrink and reduce the impacted and conflicts in systemic code. And the specialists will be the all of us, started with what we know to be true, for nature, spirituality, health and well-being of their families, of which we have many and many a reason and purpose to join and segment for trust and compatibility for the all who can work and work towards, within and without danger and towards prosperity of the common richness, which is our planet, at its very core. Interesting, we will find in this immediacy of knowledge and wisdom shared and is immediate workability for us, 
and the U.S. in them. It is our sincere hope, and this is honestly and honest for the synapses in my brain during these moments of delivery, and the hearts are remembered and been and are being acquainted to, that these measurable measures may be broadcast verbatim, and writings based on these ideas written with are also tests, to ensure no muddying of said fluidity, as I'm sure there will be plenty of room for the actual code execution, than to alter such a simple document such as this. It will be my duty to begin this process, in print and in radio, and your help is thus requested, shall you find your plot at this juxtaposed junctioning, as in the railroads, this time built by the wanted, not for, and about the all-around, and even perhaps to repay, our body debt which we do carry, and which is not so silently recalled in our ill health and the health of others. We will see a reduction in ill health, at doctors, and in hospitals, and in medical procedures, and in medicine or prescription drugs, and we will find and recruit for the offset in cash dollars, these industries of people, not corporations, to join our efforts of the paid in body health plus cash, and the exchange rate of health and paper money will and will to be finally understood, shall ensure that, like our impossible B, is able to get from needed place to place, and back, or around, and in an ongoing manner where the next of this nectar is always provided from the little dance, which is the code, found, written, utilized even, and carried forward to the next, and yes, we will look at nature and the bees to ensure they are healthy as well, for this indicator is for the very sustenance of our airwaves, which indicate a healthy mind, and minds. There will be perhaps a new boon of boomery in the bedrooms and communities, and we may find ourselves traveling, slowly, as to find like and like kind, or to build and maintain a shininess to be in the weather we desire, and in actuality, will notice that our healthy beings create and maintain this weather for us. This is San Francisco speaking, and that is my testament. The neutral neural natural and admirable aspect lenses bring your light to a light supper of discussion, a digest for our reader, listener, broadcasters, authors, and artists, for artistry and the forms for a functional, by maths and processes, winged and in-flight period periodical, which is the today of our heavenly bodies and those attainments and retainments for the thus and thusly forward and upward, as in growth without waste and carrying us in perfect perpetuity. This is from the Isle of the Inn and about all the time San Francisco, and in the midst of minds of thankfully available contributors for the powers of thought and compassion, and the open channeling of this, a new type of type, for typing a typecast in casted amendment, to mend, our image of our flag, we fly dearly. This is Aqua Q. It's episode 4 of AquaQ Labs and we bring you strawberry programs. Enjoy it and never invest in a three-ring binder unless you have something to write upside down and scribble on backward and forwards until cereal comes out of your nose, alphabet style. Now this.
Gas ink to your agent is loaded, it's especially fair and damp today, just slide it on for a trial, we'll ultra shock it off later, well, we'll try, the last time they side loaded an agent on me was 2 weeks ago, and it's still sticky around the ankles, toes are a bit doughy too, it was also well known that the staff had been messing with the programs, hot was cold, up was sideways, it was a right bollocks, the intention was unclear but the effect was Lord of the Rings meets Pee Wee Herman in a nightclub disco deck, with boots, a dinner dress, and a quart of petrol to last the night, you had to stay busy or the body program kicked in and started rewriting everything, it was 5am and Peru was rising, a tone chimed, it was Tuesday morning in the West Bank, and the street merchants were setting up for the bazaar, Hakmet put up his wares and wandered across the street to the newsstand, not gonna buy today's paper, Jellish, it's filled with lies and the ads are too expensive, Jason blinked, that was his name, Mr. H had begun calling him Jellish after a peanut butter mishap, three years ago, everybody knew Creamy was bullshit, the paper was expensive to run since the owner lived well in his accounts, securities I think he called it, the editor too lived strong with a mind to argue the cost of freedom, I guess it was 35 cents, and a hot chocolate at the corner cafe where they cased the town for stories, Hackmeck wandered over for a cup, the sign tilted just a bit as he walked into the sunny dungeon pies and other morsely treatable owls and amenables, he had 35 cents. He walked in, stippled lip from a slight shaving accident, and tossed his 35 cents into the tip jar. Careful with that, fella, he said. You could buy a paper with that. Frog, the editor just smiled as he usually does when he's being bullied or getting ready to trim his toenails. This time was both. Not in the coffee shop, man, don't forget what happens to dead cellular phones. They get recycled as little girls' tricycles. Well, that's all right, Hackmeck, ill buy one for your family next time you've got a date with Lillary. She wrote me the other day. Dear editor, she's always so formal. Yes, Lillary was a peach and liked getting into the vertical columns on the paper, sideways. Extra, extra. So the coffee tariffs are up again, eh, old man? Surprised to see you so spend thrift at the till. Oh, that's for the tables. It's a bizarre banquet from the street festival tonight. Lights action superstars. Indeed, the narrative had been left justified for 75p in last week's paper by another secret admirer of the bazaar, they sent a basket of baskets filled with gaskets, that's got to be something clever. What's clever? Frog asked. Weird I was just thinking to myself, it must be the coffee. You didn't have any. Oh that must be why then too, much of a non-creamed thing. It's time to get over to Peru. Get me the phone. Send us a message at Anchor FM slash AquaQ Labs and tell us what you want to hear. It's April 20th, 2020, and this is AquaQ Labs C3W. Chattering deep into the light, bright weddings of patterned feet is this podcast brought to you on the Anchor.fm platform from the labs of AquaQ. Anchor.fm is available for iOS and Android, brings a free and clear interface for your podcast creator genius with royalty free music and sound effects. That make you sound from the Radiophonic Workshop with segments for you to advertise yourself in the cash money you so deserve. Available everywhere. Podcasts are free. Just do the queue. Immediate and reciprocal emotion, cyclical and circular, as in where to put an emotion, how to attach it, and how to reconcile that within a realm. An example is hearing a noise, being annoyed and other is annoyed just like you, but for a semi-related issue, where that issue is in time spatial to the senses. 
number of emotions and sensories to be determined by those paying attention, and those guessing are putting their parts together to summarize and balance, with a non-forkable resolve. To resolve the half-conversations, we need triple the people, and while much of this will sound to the listener as individual half-conversations, they are actually part of the karma mesh which reaps. Then there are setups. They are recurring episodes of this reaping nature, wherein certain events can be learned and expected. Consider a secret entryway, with an always last chance backup guy to let you know you've passed the entrance. He'll act kind of out of the way and mumbly and crazy. And then you'll see a similar guy that next time. And soon enough. You make the entrance on the first round. Draining. People want you to succeed, as the karma balance is part of their equation as well, and so, and hence, the solution to all the problems. So how do we rein in the outlier, when the event is choice and you can only encourage the right choice to a want, which gets them there in the first place? How do you signal all these people, and how and why do people help in a setup? Well, first off it's pay-in and fun and rewards are given fabulous prizes of freedoms of movement, getting oneself to where they want to go as well dash. Second it's a familiarity that grows on you, and sleeping while they live. It's pathways that people want. Outward and with ability to grow, by on axi style. So flourish, take your time, start early, walk a path, talk it talk, and walk again. Keep energy flowing and stop and use your special talents to get you, and them, where we want to be. Safe, with options, healthy, and sane, and fully healthy will appear just that way. Peace and love from San Francisco, this is the voice of AquaQ in the labs C3W and do message us at anchor.fm slash AquaQ labs slash message and have a rock star day. Send us a message at anchor.
vibration is to be seen, known to the others, your state, your influence, your intent. It is known precisely as a Swiss watch, to speak with another, across a room. To glean that bit of bits for which you do not know, have not known, but now know. Is now the program, for yourself, to register. To see it within yourself, as this. Mirror, from the light, parabolic, anabolic, a vacuum suck of the ultra behavior which causes you to misstep the mind over matter, when matter should have won, nature should have won, and wins, as is the organization of the mind, heart, and chakras. That bulge impulse to the lights, and with transference, to signal even more, and even greater, oddly enough, is our nature, to help, face, of normalcy or not, twists and lets others see the velocity, pants, bend to sign and show the way, to be the language that a spoken word cannot say, and feet planted firm, run, when in danger, and if damage tells its story, radiating through the floor, and play by number resonating through each cycle of three, zero, one, two, three, and beyond. Can you count to ten? Well then, let's begin. This is about, is always about, with me. It's written after, a life, after my life, and further than I live myself. My senses, my understanding is a limited impedance, to which I short to describe a magic that may not occur again, or will is just, if justice is again, and has been forward. So we're here, and we shouldn't be, 